Welcome to Exhale, a podcast series where we explore topics on spirometry and respiratory care. Your hosts are Mark Russell, Marketing Communications Manager and Jancel Lanier, National Sales Manager and Respiratory Therapist for Vitalgraph US, a global leader in respiratory diagnostics. Today, Mark and Jansen speak with Joel Afric, President and CEO of Respiratory Health Association. We discuss RHA's new Digital COPD Caregivers Toolkit. Well, welcome, Joel, to our podcast. Thanks so much. It's good to be here. Please give us a little background on yourself, education, experience, and what your current responsibilities are. Sure. I am the president and CEO of Respiratory Health Association out of Chicago. Respiratory Health Association is a patient service and advocacy group, and we've got a long, long history. This isn't how I started out my career. I spent 20 years practicing law here in Chicago. And after 20 years, I started looking around for a little bit more mission-based work for the remainder of my career. Wonderful. Please tell us about uh, Respiratory Health Association, like the history and the statement behind your mission. Sure. Respiratory Health Association was started in 1906. And at that time, the biggest health threats facing the public were tuberculosis and influenza. Over the course of the next hundred years, we came up with, not we, respiratory health, but the scientific community came up with drugs that could treat tuberculosis. Flu still comes in and out as a health threat. But for several years, Respiratory Health Association has looked more broadly at respiratory diseases such as asthma, a chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, sometimes referred to as COPD, a lung cancer. We've been active in the efforts to help people who want to quit smoking succeed in their quit efforts. Those are some of the things that we're focused on today. Our formal mission statement is to prevent lung disease, to promote clean air, and to help people live their lives better through education and research and policy change. Great. So please tell us how big a problem of caregiver wellness in the U.S. This is a problem that I began to learn about from observing my parents, actually. My dad, who is going to be 94 years old, is living with COPD, chronic bronchitis. And that's the, you know, COPD is the fourth leading cause of death in the United States. So it's a pretty serious illness. My mom's role, since she didn't have COPD, was to be the family caregiver. These are informal relationships, often with loved ones. I am not talking about hired caregivers right now. I'm talking about the family members who love the people who are living with chronic illness. What I saw with my parents was my mom wanted to succeed as a caregiver, but she didn't have all of the resources that she needed to succeed. She's not a medical person. She has no health care training. What she knows is that my dad had COPD and she's living with him 24 hours a day. So the question was, how are COPD caregivers doing and what can we do about how to help them succeed in their caregiving role? We were surprised by a couple of things when we started looking. 
One was that if you add up the economic value of all of these family caregivers in the United States for all of the chronic diseases, it's probably $400 billion a year in economic value. And the second thing we discovered is that the caregivers are not doing particularly well. In the COPD area, it turns out the caregivers had higher rates of depression and anxiety than even the people they were taking care of. Caregivers very often aren't sure of how to make their home as safe as possible. They're not sure how to help with drugs and other medicines and therapies that people with COPD need, and they're particularly bad at self-care. So here's the question. If we don't do a better job of taking care of our caregivers, who's gonna pick up the slack as the caregivers start dropping off? It's not going to be the healthcare system, it's just going to be more family members. So this became kind of a personal cause for me to develop resources to help our caregivers. What else should the caregivers know about managing the home of someone with COPD? But what are the kind of specifics that more than just the family member caregiver, but even people that come in, home health caregivers, what can they do for someone living with COPD? What I think you need to understand is how the people who are living there when the caregiver isn't there, how they're doing. So for example, a significant number of people living with COPD get assistance with supplemental oxygen. You've seen people with the little cannula by their nose to help them get the oxygen they need to breathe. Even more than the people who are out and around are the people who need that extra assistance at night. Well, in order to make your home safe for somebody who's on oxygen, the caregiver needs to understand about the equipment, how to operate it, what to do if something goes wrong, like a power outage or if something breaks. And please, they need to know there shouldn't be any cigarette smoking in a house that's got that much oxygen. So that's just an example. Caregivers need to get on top of this so they can manage the home for the safety of the patient and for the safety of themselves. Joel, this is fascinating because it really comes close to home myself. My father has COPD and recently in the last couple of months, he was in a car accident and he's fine from the car accident. Of course, he had a airbag deploy and hit him in the chest. And that's not good for a person that has COPD. And there for a while, you know, he seemed to be pretty self-sufficient until that car accident. And my mother, who is relying on him quite a bit of the time, saw that now she became the caregiver role. So tell us about this new caregiver toolkit that is in development and what does it entail? Yep, I'm pleased to and proud to share this with you. The idea of a caregiver toolkit is that it should be kind of the caregiver's owner's manual for the new role they're playing in their lives as a caregiver. There are a lot of things that are made to give to the patient. There are a lot of things that are made by drug companies or that are prepared by our healthcare system. This toolkit is for the caregiver. And unlike a book, 
you know, the ABCs of COPD or something like that. This caregiver toolkit is set up with five or so different sections. And the idea is that a caregiver uses the toolkit to look at the sections that are of some interest. So for example, there is a section on what to do after somebody with COPD has been hospitalized. They call it an exacerbation or a flare-up. Somebody's had a bad bout with their COPD. They find themselves in the hospital. And in many cases, they find themselves transitioning from the hospital to a rehab place and then transitioning again to home. The caregiver's toolkit has a section on what the caregiver should be thinking about when a loved one is hospitalized like that. What can I do to make the home ready to receive the person with COPD back? What special services will I need in order to make the home safe when the person comes back? So if you're the caregiver of somebody with COPD and you've been fortunate and your COPD family member isn't hospitalized, you don't have to read that section at all. Other people with COPD are not in an emergency, but they take a lot of medications. And those medications can include inhalers or sometimes because somebody with COPD needs extra assistance, they will need help with a machine that's called a nebulizer that delivers kind of an inhalation therapy. Well, the caregiver can play an important role in setting up the nebulizer or in helping the patient learn how to use an inhaler to get a full dose of medication. If you're relying only on your 15-minute appointment in the doctor's office, that can be confusing. And I'll say also that when somebody goes into the hospital with COPD, sometimes their medications while they're in the hospital can change. The toolkit is designed to help demystify that process. I'm pleased to say that we developed the toolkit. We printed a few thousand copies of the toolkit. And just two weeks ago, the National Institutes for Health digitized our entire toolkit to make it available online and for free for any COPD caregiver who wishes to get access to it. That's fantastic. I mean, that's that's some great information there. Quick question. Is there also uh, support groups for caregivers, say social media or through your website or anything like that? Because I know we've kind of gotten to a place where people are going to social media to have peer-to-peer -peer discussions. That's a great question. For a long time, there would be support groups. There would be pulmonary rehab groups for the patients where they could do controlled breathing and other exercises. There would be support groups for family members. And with COVID, the hospitals and the respiratory therapists just became overwhelmed. And because of the nature of COVID, it became a lot less safe for COPD patients to gather in an indoor setting, and even for their caregivers to gather in an indoor setting for a support group. There is a 
Facebook group online for COPD caregivers only. I believe that's the name of the group. It's a closed group, so you click on it and ask to join. But I found it to be a tremendous group of people who are in all different places on the COPD caregiver journey. And I would strongly recommend that people take a look at that and they take a look at the resources in our online toolkit. The online toolkit is on the National Institutes of Health website, but the fastest way and easiest way to find it is to go to my organization's website, www.resp, R-E-S-P, like Paul, health, like your health, H-E-A-L-T-H, dot org, resphealth.org. And right there on the front page is a story about the COPD toolkit. If you click on it, it'll take you right to the digital toolkit on the NIH website. If you've got a further question about it, send the question to us at Respiratory Health Association and we'll do our best to answer. We've got a webinar coming up and I'm sure they're gonna go throughout this COPD toolkit. Can you give us some highlights on what to expect in this webinar and what questions and issues it'll address? The webinar, I think, is going to include some patients and caregivers. We believe it's also going to include some of the people in the healthcare system who can be telling their patients and caregivers about the importance of the toolkit. One of the things that the toolkit looks at is to help people make the decision about when to call the doctor, when to call 911, how to make the most of a medical appointment. So there's really a shared interest in getting the information in the toolkit into the hands of the patients. We will talk about the different parts of the toolkit on the webinar. And I just want to mention that one of the most important parts of the toolkit is the focus on caregiver self-care. Our caregivers need to find time to get away from their caregiving duties, pursue a hobby, take a walk, pursue their fitness. We do not want them becoming more anxious and depressed. It's important that caregivers understand that they can be guilt-free in pursuing an outside interest and in taking a break because that's going to make them better caregivers. Absolutely. We don't want them burning out. I'm sure that Facebook organization can link up to people to do a little respite care so they can get away and be able to maybe do an overnight and still feel comfortable that they're still part of the loved one's care. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it is. I think there are a couple of other ideas. One is that, you know, let's say we've got the situation that involved my mom and dad. If my mom needed respite care, there may be another family member who can come in for 24 hours and assist. There are outside home caregivers who might assist. That's going to cost a little bit of money, but it's got to translate into a better mental state for the caregiver as well. Of course. You're absolutely right. We had to contact a national organization, Homestead Senior Care, 
and they did an excellent job. It's and again, it's private pay and non-medical, but they alleviate a lot of the the stress that the caregiver has to do and be able to uh, create an environment where they don't get burned out. And I'm going to add one other suggestion. It doesn't affect everybody, but for those people who are the caregivers of people who served our country in the armed services, I found that the Veterans Administration can be very responsive and can discuss for people who are registered with the VA the availability of resources, and that includes bringing in some private health care at the expense of the VA on a regular schedule to make the caregiver's life more livable. I agree 100%. As a veteran myself, I am proposed to to send that message out there again. If the if you're a veteran and not registered to the VA, please do so because there are resources, maybe not today that you need, but down the road, there could be some great resources that, that help financially. My parents, just as an example, they have relied on their uh, local church because they have a lot of support groups there in the neighborhood to help people that are needing assistance and or respite care while their loved ones is, are recuperating or help out with the opportunity of being a part of the caregiving process. There's lots of resources out there. People just need to reach out. And a lot of these support groups do suggest a lot of those avenues for a lot of different people. Well, Joel, is there anything else you would like to add to our podcast? Tell our audience, you know, most of them are respiratory therapists, pulmonologists, and asthma allergy. They're healthcare professionals. What can you say to them when their patients come in with COPD and what's some of the signs that they can see in suggesting this toolkit or other means? We found that I'm sure they agree that an informed patient and an empowered patient, and that means the caregiver too, is likely to be a healthier patient. We at Respiratory Health Association are trying to help strengthen the link between the patient slash caregiver and the healthcare system. If this all works and the caregiver toolkit is currently being evaluated for its positive health benefits for caregivers and it will be evaluated for patients alike, This should work to everybody's collective advantage. It should make the caregivers feel better and maybe live longer and provide better care. The patients will receive better care. The administration of uh, medications and inhalers can improve. And look, this is not snake oil. This is something that the NIH has now adopted on its website. We believe in evidence-based medicine. We believe in identifying gaps in the system and closing those gaps. And that's why we're especially proud that this caregiver toolkit that we've developed in COPD is consistent with the National Action Plan. It's consistent with all of the standards that are held in patient care. So we can all do this together Our Respiratory Health Association is not going to try to take anybody's patients. We just want everybody to prevent lung disease, promote clean air, and live better through education, research, and policy change. The webinar is taking place on June the 15th at noon. If this podcast comes out afterwards, it will be posted on Vitalograph's website, which is uh, vitalograph.com. Under the tab training, the uh, webinar will be based on there with uh, recorded 
of the webinar and contact information to your organization. Why don't you give everybody again that website once more where they can access your caregivers toolkit? Thank you. We're the Respiratory Health Association, Resp Health, R-E-S-P-H-E-A-L-T-H dot org and click on the story for COPD caregivers. Wonderful. Well, Joel, thank you for being on our podcast. This is great information. Kind of touched home to myself with my parents as it did with yours. So hopefully we can reach out to people and, and let them know what other opportunities are out there to help with the caregivers. Thanks again. My pleasure. You've been listening to Exhale with Vitalgraph. Your hosts are Mark Russell and Jane Lanier. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. Please follow us for upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again on Exhale with Vitalograph.